Hey everybody, it's Matt coming at you from the podcast desk here, and uh, got a great episode ahead for you, uh, but it is one that we recorded the intro and outro for a couple weeks back, um, only just getting it out now, my apologies, so some of the news and, uh, and deadlines and things may have passed, um, but still a great conversation uh, before and after, and of course during. Um, one thing I wanted to point out though before the episode gets started, uh, just because it's so timely and pressing is that you got to go right now to storyhive.com and vote for the uh, Storyhive animated projects. Ten projects are going to get $10,000 each. So go check that out and vote because uh, you only have until noon on Thursday. Uh, so really short voting window this time around. Um, I guess Storyhive trying a different process out. So get your votes in uh, ASAP. And here's the show. Are we rolling? We are now rolling. Alberta <laughs> Filmmakers Podcast. Me, 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 me. Okay, anytime. And we're rolling. Hello, and welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. What's that? It, I don't know, man. It's been a long time <laughs> since I've heard anything about this. <laughs> uh, my name's Scott Westby. And I'm Matt Waterworth. We are Full Swing Productions, and every week we bring you news, tips, and interviews in the film, video, and digital media landscapes industries of Alberta. Every week? Well, <laughs> not the last three weeks. And why? Well, we did get one out. Oh, we did. That's right. Yes. <laughs> You can yeah. hear how tired I am on it, um, but yes, it's been it's been a bit busy for us lately, uh, as as the audience well knows. And if you don't know, we've been making our first feature film. Yes, and uh, learning a lot. So many things. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's we we wrapped on Saturday, and today we're recording. It's Friday, so it's been almost a week, mm -hmm. and I've just now finally started to feel a little bit rested. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Starting to recover. Just days of just exhaustion afterwards, where my body was like. Hey, asshole, <laughs> what have you done? Right. So, so, yeah, it was uh, it was good, though. It was really good. Like, I, I mean, it, yeah. it's such a bittersweet thing. And we've all said it a million times, I'm sure, after after shoots. But I, I mean, in many ways, I'm, I'm so happy it's over because people can relax. Yeah. I can relax. You can relax. But I'm so sad it's over because it was a little family and, yeah. and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. There was something that surprised me was how quickly we bonded like everyone on the yeah. crew like how yeah. quickly we felt like family it's true um <laughs> we had we had just an awesome awesome crew unbelievable an awesome cast not only was everyone talented mm -hmm. um and good at their jobs but but we had no personality conflicts there's no fights yeah like no, there, no one was even really kind of a dick like everyone was yeah. really nice and got Very along really drama. well yeah. and uh yeah our locations were amazing mm -hmm. and and we like i was just waiting the whole time for something to go wrong yeah like yeah. that thing like what's that thing and it never happened or hasn't yet i guess right right <laughs> uh yeah and you know the the team was uh was just yeah phenomenal and mm -hmm. and and the other the other really important thing and we just eric falmers was kind enough to write an article about the shoot and uh pointed out at the end there the, the learning that was able to take place right. too we're not you know we're not just you know, making a, a cool movie and, and having a lot of people having fun and working hard, but we also had a ton of people involved who were there to learn and I think hopefully got a really good experience. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Sate, Sate was incredibly generous um, mm -hmm. and, and we got a lot of practicum students on yeah. set, um, which doesn't happen very often, especially not in those quantities. Yeah. Um, and all of them were excellent. And then we had a lot of new crew that had, yeah. that had only worked yeah. on one or maybe zero features before for sure um so there was a lot of remarks made about how young everybody was yeah um 
which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're the next generation of filmmakers and, and we should For have sure. those learning moments. For so sure. yeah, all in all, um, really great. Can't wait to show you guys this movie, but uh, let's, let's talk about something different. <laughs> all right. I just want to ask you, what was the biggest thing that surprised you? About oh, the, um, the biggest thing that surprised me. Um, that's a good question. Let me think. I mean, I, I talk about this a bit uh, in this episode, so because there was oh, right, a similar yeah, question yeah. asked, but yeah. I'll, I'll leave that for the. I'll leave that up to suspense. Right. Um. I guess just from the producer perspective, the biggest thing that surprised me was um. How I think how much this is going to sound totally pig-headed, but how much I surprise people by like being on set and being there to support people. Right which to me felt like an obvious thing that I should be doing, but I guess is not terribly common that, that a producer yeah, is mean, in a supporting role. That's such an interesting thing because I know how much crews often appreciate that, seeing the yeah. producers there in the trenches with them. Yeah, as you should be. It's important for yeah. sure. But then at the same time, you know, you've got to be thinking about the next project and yeah. trying to get work for this crew again on the on the next show. So you can't be everywhere all the time. But but yeah, I think I think it was, yeah, I think you were there a lot and I think it was it went a long way, yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess what surprised me was that it surprised people right right um it sounds it sounds conceited but that that's my answer right no 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 <laughs> that, that makes perfect sense and that's yeah i've, I've heard similar things mm-hmm. how about uh, you yeah i didn't i didn't mean for this to get turned back on me um <laughs> what, what would the what's the uh fuck man how little i know how little you know you think, you think like, yeah <laughs> yeah you think you know you think you know going in like oh, i'm pretty good and i get this and and it's just like man doing it the experience is is the teacher there's sure. so uh, totally totally true and unfortunately we talk about this all the time as well there's just no time to experience it upstart is great we've talked about upstart before but really being on set really directing Practicing, that's yeah. that's yeah. not a thing you know, you're you absolutely right yeah. no, you're uh, totally. unless you have 250k in the bank there was things like like French over the shoulders, like French overs. They were calling. Right, I don't right. know what the fuck that was. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I learned a lot. And Brandon was just like, yeah. "Oh, so we're going French OS on this." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, yeah, cool." And I'm like looking at the monitor to be like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> um, but it's the little things like that that yeah, you just you can't know everything. Yeah, um, I think we were ready. Oh, for sure. Like I think for we sure. were. It, you know, we were talk just talking yeah. about how it was a learning experience. It was a huge learning experience for me. Yeah. Um, and I think for for even the, some of the more experienced people, you know, because you know, they a lot of the crew was coming off of a horror movie. Uh, and this is a completely different style of film. Right. So that that sounds like a minor thing, but like that changes it the art department's world in a huge yeah, way. That absolutely. changes the director of photography's world. It's a, it's a big it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So um, some industry news. Ampia um, has elected a new board oh, yes. and new board chair. So uh, Michael Jorgensen is stepping in as the chair of the board uh, and will serve a two year term, replacing Joe Novak, who served two terms on that in that position so thanks to joe and uh congrats to michael and we can't wait to see what you do i feel like joe's been like he formed that board yeah i feel like he he joe is ampia (laughs) um ton of other people who are uh coming onto the board missy geffen dave chan and alex go um from calgary and edmonton and edmonton i guess um and then some other current standing uh, directors so it's a it's a solid group of people mm-hmm, that are mm-hmm. yeah it is running the show over there so yeah, it's a good collection actually. yeah yeah uh congrats everyone and um yeah can't wait to see what you guys do over the next two years mm-hmm. and another ampia item uh, is the story summit now did we podcast at all about the story summit were we doing the yeah. podcast we must we have. were doing it yeah, yeah i think we, i think we did so yeah. we must have mentioned it before yeah, we it, mentioned I, that it was fun it was a blast so it's happening again and it is going to be i don't see the dates i'm sorry 
Um, but it's happening in 2017, in 2017 somewhere. And, uh, it's all about, you know, new, uh, approaches to storytelling. You know, we've talked a little bit about the story world, how you, you know, create your piece of content, but then you need kind of satellite pieces of content around it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some, some really great speakers last year and it's happening again, February 23rd to 25th. Um, and, 2017, yeah. Uh, 2017. I don't know what happened to the dates there, but we found them briefly. Uh, so yeah, definitely check it out. You can uh, you can go to storysummit.ca for all the details and um, hope to see you there. Yeah, we're, yeah. We'll we're definitely, definitely going back. We're definitely going, yeah. What a great place uh, to, to hold an event like that. And uh, and we stayed in this cool hotel. Like I, I'd never been really at the Banff Center. Right, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's like a cool little compound for creativity and... and uh, it looks fun. It was fun, and uh, and and I think I think this is what I brought up last time it happened. But it was just such a wonderful change of tone from a lot of the conferences that we go to, mm-hmm. where producers sit up on stage and broadcasters and distributors, and they wonder what the internet is, and and <laughs> they wonder how they're going to make money from it. And that's been ten years now that we've been going to these conferences, yeah. and that we've been hearing that stuff. Yeah, for sure. What is the internet? What is that? Mm-hmm. And now with Story Summit, I mean, they're starting to answer it in other conferences, of course. But Story Summit was all about answers to those questions not just sitting up there asking and saying we don't know it's like here's things that are working here's yeah, what yeah. virtual reality is here's what transmedia actually is here's how we use it Excellent and comments. and what you were saying was people weren't scared of it this is the first time people were right. like freaking out yeah, about yeah, yeah. what's going to change it's going to mess everything up or no That's this right. is we can use it's this exciting thing. and yeah, yeah yeah great energy there for sure for sure um, but there's another conference coming up that you're going to i yes i'm Tell going i'm going to the playback marketing summit and uh this is the second year it's been running and it's a one-day conference dedicated to all things marketing and entertainment. Um, and yeah, so I mean, the people who are coming to this thing are, are crazy. Like the Canada Media Fund, Telefilm's going to be there. Uh, Walmart, interestingly enough, um, you know, you got to think like like a marketer. So um, the yeah, the Walmart representative is uh, the senior director of marketing for Walmart Canada, which is kind of a, awesome. a very interesting brain to pick. Because we, you know, we do need to be thinking like marketers as filmmakers. And um, what's really, really nice and really, really amazing and, uh, you know, I'm so thankful for is that, you know, you and I would be going, except you're going on vacation. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, Kevin and I are going. Yeah. uh, And and that's because uh, he's the other kind of component of of our three-person telefilm micro-budget team. Uh, And... The reason for that is that is that Telefilm is offering this to all the teams, um, so he's the only other person who could go, kind of right. from from the team, and and uh, it's great. They're they're actually donating the travel and accommodations um, money for us to attend, and they're doing a private little seminar called the uh, Digital Opportunity Boot Camp. Um, being put on by Annalise Larson, uh, who's a digital media and marketing mentor. Um, and she has uh, something she calls storypreneurship. So we're going to learn about that. Um, so yeah, two days. One day just privately for the telephone uh, micro-budget recipients. And uh, and then the next day we're at the uh, marketing summit. So I will come back. I will return to the podcast. Uh, or perhaps we'll do some you recording do one, there. You should do one with Kevin. Um, That'd be fun. With lots of tidbits of information yeah. uh, to share. So the fact that this exists, um, not only is it wonderful in and of itself, but it's also um, a symptom of kind of what I what I'm seeing is the new telefilm, right? And a lot of this has to do with Lauren Davis, um, who's really pushing the marketing and digital distribution for film. Mm-hmm. Which I've said it before, and I'll say it again: marketing is is the biggest failing of the Canadian film industry. Yeah, I mean, I remember when you know when we were at Sate. 
Lori Johnson was instructing us, I think business of film and saying, you know, don't put marketing money in your budget. Don't right. do it because telefilm doesn't want to see that. Doesn't want to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canadian films don't get don't, marketed. That's right. That's right. And and I think you know you and I say Hollywood doesn't make isn't in the business of making movies. They're in the business of making money. Um, but Canadian film, we're in the business of making movies, art, yeah, and art and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but more business minded, um, I think, is important to create a sustainable industry that isn't sure. reliant and on like, government funding. And how do you make your next movie if your that's first right. movie was seen by ten people? Yeah. That's right. So I'm just so pleased that this is happening. Um, and it's all part of this thing called the Telefilm Micro-Budget Production Program. Mm. Now, we've talked about this a little bit um, <laughs> on the podcast. We have, but we haven't really gone in depth. No, we haven't. We haven't talked about the program itself. And specifically how you, living in Calgary or being a member of the CSIF, can access it. Right. So, Taylor Ross was kind enough to invite us to the Calgary International Film Festival's panel mm-hmm. uh, series to, to chat with Lauren Davis, who is the uh, regional feature film executive from the Western branch of Telefilm. Um, and we also had Barry Thorson there from the CSIF. Yeah. And the four of us chatted for probably about an hour. It's gonna be a long episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, all about this program, all about how to access it, all about what the point of it is, um, and some tips and tricks on putting an application together. So the reason, the timing of this episode is important because the deadline for this micro-budget program is going to be January, probably. Yeah, it sounds like they're gonna bump it up, which is a good thing. But the the guidelines don't come out until about january right so it's a very short turnaround time Mm -hmm. to get your application together but hint hint the guidelines aren't changing very much from this last one right so read the current guidelines start getting your application together now and if you need people to chat with who have gone through this before call us email us we would be happy to sit down and chat with you and help you put your application together absolutely um, or call cam mcgowan Mm-hmm. and bug him mm-hmm. and i'm sure he wants to get bugged a lot yeah um genuinely yeah really, yeah. <laughs> yeah well especially in in, yeah. in his position in new tv yeah. you know education is a big part of that i i, I can i think we can yeah. safely speak for him to say that he wants to share that information yeah absolutely um and, and Paul thomas too of course yeah absolutely yeah. and i'm trying to think of the edmonton teams uh, uh cory yeah. from yeah. uh, far far west films right they're going into production very, soon very very soon yeah um, and so, yeah, if you're in Edmonton, Fava is your, is your, uh, your partner organization. Um, and, and you're going to want to look at their guidelines as well, or CSIF's guidelines specifically, or even on-screen Manitobas if you're going that route. So, right. And they're um, the Aboriginal component route because right, you right. can't access that in Alberta. Right. Uh, or is it French language? Anyway, you, uh, Fava, I think has French language. Maybe they, maybe they do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you want to not only look at telephones guidelines, but your, your local um, partner as well. So, um, we've got a great episode here, uh, with a lot of great information and, um, thanks to the Calgary International for having us. And here we go. Uh, welcome to the Calgary International Film Festival presented by ATV Financial. You guys have heard me say this a million times. Who can name our local sponsors? Dirt is one. <laughs> Lexus, you're naming good ones behind the screen. Royal Bank of Canada Emerging Artist Program. Yes, that's one. Anybody else? Quick draw, sort of, behind the screens. Our locals, unions and guilds are really helpful for us. Actra, yes. <laughs> Alberta, DGC, Alberta, um, and IATSE Local 212 um, are the main behind the screen uh, series sponsors. Um, we're super excited to kind of have this intimate Alberta filmmakers podcast recording about um, Telefilm's micro budget program, which is I think super important in Calgary for sure, opportunity for filmmakers to access. So we've got wonderful people here to tell us all about that. First and foremost, we've got the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast, who 
in several ways happen to be involved with telephone micro budget program mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's convenient it is convenient <laughs> convenient i was like i only got to book two people for one <laughs> that's right um because you're making your next feature project through the telephone micro budget mm-hmm. program and you also happen to sit on the board of the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers. That too, yeah. So in the middle, we've got Barry Thorson from the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers. He's the executive director. Hello, hello, hello. You've got the inside scoop there. And then we've also got Lauren Davis from Telefilm, all the way from Vancouver. So thank you so much for joining us in Calgary. Thanks for having me. Without further ado, I'm not the exciting person to hear from. I'm going to pass it back to you guys. And not to forget about Scott, who the other... Oh. Hello, I'm here too. Yeah. But Taylor had my microphone. <laughs> I did. But now it's mine. So, are hi we, Matt. Are we expected to structure this? Let's structure this a little bit. Sounds good. Let's start with Lauren. Sure. Hi. Hi. Why? 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 Why would you do this to us? Yes, <laughs> it is a grueling process that we are putting these um, two brave souls through. Well, eighteen uh, projects this year, right? Eighteen, yeah. which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So this program, it's called the Micro Budget Production Program, is very new for Telefilm. We're actually in our fourth year. Yeah. Um, but it was a new concept, which was um, two things aspects that were really new. One was partnering with other organizations like CSIF and FADA and also um, growing a base of new voices across Canada and being quite hands-off in that process. So this is a program that is for first-time feature makers looking for a writer, director, producer team that doesn't have feature credits before um, and they can apply to a member organization or partner organization as a member and each of those partners recommends one project and those projects then come to a jury. I think we've grown to about 40 um, partner organizations across the Mm -hmm. country. Um, We have some special streams as a mainstream, but there's also a stream for indigenous filmmakers and one for uh, language minorities, French outside Quebec, English in Quebec, um, and national institutions like the NSI, Canadian Film Center, and in Alberta, CSIF, FAVA, and FAVA actually also um, does a mainstream recommendation and an Aboriginal recommendation. These organizations then choose one project those projects come to a jury and this year as matt just said 18 were chosen which is a huge number of first features to get off the ground nationally for sure but the other thing this year was digital projects yes and that came about in a very interesting way which was the first year of this program the features that came from it were so successful Um, The Valley Below was another CSIF project that Mm -hmm. um, was uh, produced through this program. And it premiered at TIFF, it got picked up by a distributor, it had a commercial release. um, And we thought, whoa, these are becoming very um, successful projects, but also through a traditional uh, sequence of platforms. Right, kind of the old model. The yeah. old model. Yeah. And the program is actually designed <laughs> to find these young voices that would take us to break out of that traditional mm-hmm. model and to find voices and audiences outside of that traditional right, model. Right. So last year we thought maybe the 90-minute feature is not the best format for that. And so the episodic nature might be easier right. to try to find new ways to get audiences to Canadian content. Very cool. 
So I have a question about one thing you mentioned there, which is uh, participants who don't have a feature credit before. What if you? What if you're a, a an art department person on a feature that yes so we are looking for people that have experience been practicing their craft are ready to make that first feature it means as a writer director and producer of the micro budget project you cannot have a writer director or producer credit on a feature film i see but coming from a television industry a commercial background being um working in crews or doing your own art council projects um the, you're in a great position have, if you've been practicing your craft is in any of those three roles and um that's what the jury's looking for people that have a strong story to tell have a background and have been working on their skill set and are ready to move up forward. Awesome. It's, it's awesome. It is awesome. It's an amazing program. It's very cool. Mm -hmm. And and more uh, this year than I think anybody expected. I think it was it's really surprising yeah, number yeah. of uh, projects going forward, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah fantastic. So um, just for, for our audience who might not know, the parameters are that Telefilm will kick in up to $120,000 plus another 7500 for a digital marketing expert. And if you use tax credits and some other investment, you can take it up to a budget of 250000 but you cannot go bigger. So that's what makes it the micro-budget. Yes. That has been really helpful for me as a producer um, because I have an excuse to not go over budget. I'm like, sorry, guys, we cannot go above 250 or else we yeah. aren't qualified. For sure. um, but I want to I hear from Barry a little bit. What do you yeah. think about this program? How has it, how has it kind of been for you in the last year and uh, dealing with it? I think it's, uh, it's great. It's, uh, CSIF has been around for about 38 years and it's easy to put it into a box that is a place where members come and rent gear right take a workshop attend a mixer so to uh, position the organization as uh, a um, I don't know a clearinghouse a stepping stone production oriented everything that can uh, help our members production members like like the two of you mm -hmm. to uh, uh, access things that we can't provide but that we are a doorway to provide that i think is fantastic and it just uh it you know the organization is growing and is sort of moving forward into uh uh you know this 21st century um we're very film like analog short format film friendly and always will be but there's that other side the entire uh, feature production side digital side um, that uh, we want to be able to support our members in as well. So this is just another in a long series of things that CSIF is doing and can do for, mm -hmm. for its membership. Mm -hmm. So we're thrilled. So what, what made Telefilm use this partnership style as the, as the kind of gate? A lot of it was, I'll be, I'll be honest, uh, administrative um, resources were just um, not available to do something with this kind of breadth. Right. I love it because I feel like we have 40 institutions out there across the country in every nook and cranny looking for new talent mm -hmm. that I can't do. I can't be traveling across right, the right. country. Um, and so we have uh, someone else reaching out to uh, the communities and finding new voices. And the way we're going to find the next wave of talent is making sure we have the widest gene pool possible that we can be fishing in. Certainly, right. yeah. 
So what does that uh, partnership look like for the CSAF? Uh, well, as, uh, as Lauren described, it's a, uh, we're one of many organizations. Um, I think it's from a member's perspective, and I'm not a filmmaker myself, but I'm going to think, and I've certainly applied for a lot of grants, and you can scare the shit out of you. <laughs> so it could be intimidating to uh, apply to telefilm directly. Less intimidating to apply to CSIF because you've Certainly. been a member for five, ten years. That's you know everybody point. there. It's like, okay, this is, and we we've got your back in that sense. Mm -hmm. We know our filmmaker, uh, our filmmaking community. We know uh, we can talk. There can be lots of conversations back and forth between uh, uh, our production director or myself or members of our organization. If you are preparing an application, and then it's uh, it's juried by uh, uh, you know a jury of your peers here in Calgary. Um, so it's uh, a, a great friendly way to access a national funding program um, and uh, it's uh, the deadline is uh, I believe in March every year is that right I'm hoping it's going to be a little earlier this year yeah. uh, hoping to get the guidelines out for the 2017 round before 2017. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's some hot news. All right. Heard it here. What yeah. foresight. <laughs> because I don't anticipate there are going to be much changes to the program right, this right. year, whereas okay. there was last year right, right. Um, when we opened it up to different formats. That's so, another good tip. So if you're listening, have a read of the current guidelines. Exactly. If it's not going to change too much. Yeah. I don't think it'll be uh, that significant in changes, and therefore we can launch earlier and give the partners more time. Right to beat the bushes and find out what's out there and have a look. Awesome. So what, is, what, what are the nuts and bolts? I mean, we've been through it, but, but in your words, you, you take the first round of however many submissions, and then how does it filter to telephone? Yeah, there's a, uh, uh, you know, not an overly um, onerous application process, but you've got to have your, you know, you've got to have a pretty clear idea of what you're going to do. Um, and that application comes uh, to CSIF in this case. Um, and then uh, we uh, assemble a jury, uh, we put it together, we review all the applications. There's uh, certainly not one person making any decisions. There's a, a, a rubric, a, a scoring system, and we select the best application from the ones that we've received to say, yeah, we want to put our name behind this. We want to be a partner on this particular project right, with right. these particular people and send it forward to Telefilm. Then out of our hands and then you know depending on the selection process that uh, telephone the micro budget program is going through uh, we may be one of the successful um, suggestions right so not necessarily every partner organization is going to have a successful project correct right. so out of the 40 as you said this year there were 18 right. now the, it is a multi-stage process and sometimes that's a bit confusing because you are applying first and foremost to your partner organization then the recommendations go to a jury the jury is a national jury across the country. We sometimes bring in a digital marketing expert, a film festival programmer, um, some cool. people to round hmm. it out. Um, what's really interesting about this program is that the jury, the second jury, the national jury, doesn't read the script. Ah. They make that decision based on a pitch video that each team is required mm. to make, um, plus previous work. Right. and your marketing plan right so there's two kind of areas of focus that I would always encourage people to spend their time which is the content and the marketing plan um, and then after that jury makes their decisions those recommendations uh, those uh, then are invited to 
officially apply it to telefilm, and then we go through all the business affairs. Right. right. Okay. So that's kind of three stages. Okay. Cool. Uh, and how does it work with the digital component? D- does does an organization like CSIF, a partner organization, get to submit two? Is that right? No, they can choose. Oh, just either one or okay. either or. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. All right. I, didn't I believe. Really <laughs> I believe so too. Is there a fact checker here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We may need that. Well, it'll be in the guidelines. It'll for be sure. in the guidelines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank um, you. Yeah, I had thought maybe just because it was new this year, there were you, each partner organization could recommend one of each it might in the have component. Been. But yeah, maybe maybe not. Um, all right, so may, maybe we should talk a little bit about our application process. Sure, and yeah. What that was like. I know, you know, we built a website, which we'd never had to, had to do for Not for a grant application before, yeah. before for sure. Um, and it was awesome because submitting, submitting to the CSAF was an email that said, hey, here's the link to the website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's no, like, there's no backend system like we deal with, like with the AFA or, yeah. or the AMF, which is just a nightmare. Um, yeah, it was really kind of straightforward. And the beauty of that too is that, um, so you do have to know how to build a website, which um, is a good skill to have. It's helpful for sure. And if you're, if you're marketer. kind of thinking forward and marketing this this film you should probably have a website for it anyway um but within that website we got the opportunity to kind of set the tone for the for the project that we were trying to make Mm -hmm. right so it wasn't just like a like a blog template we actually created this website that feels like the movie that we're trying to make um and then we stood out in the cold in january luckily there was no snow so it kind of felt like this kind of prairies that's right yeah thing there was no snow there was no snow it was a miracle huh and um we had our writer, Kevin, standing in front of the camera and just kind of talking about the story. And then out of the blue, a hand reaches in with a gun and blows his brains out. And he kind of falls over. <laughs> and then and then the hand will reveal that it's Matt's hand. And he steps in and he starts talking about his creative vision for it. And then uh, my hand comes in, shoots Matt to death. And then I walk in and talk about the marketing and, and the, the producing aspect of it. Now we're going to kind of make this budget work for us. And then... Ours is a somewhat violent film. It is a violent film, yeah. So <laughs> it was a way that kind of fit in with... with the movie that we're trying to make and, and it was a little bit funny and a little bit and quite violent and so that is the movie that we're making so um, I think that worked in our favor for sure I think so too I mean obviously we, we didn't we weren't we don't know who none of us were on the jury uh, for right. any of these but I think it's always important especially if the video is as long as it may have been four or five three minutes, minutes. three minutes it's so, tight yeah. yeah that's not that long but you do have to find a way to keep an audience's interest so that you just have to put a little caveat at the end saying no writers were harmed <laughs> in the making yeah. of this pitch Matt video. was but no writers were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes so just to speak to that um, pitch video, you can be very creative with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That's what you're really looking to do. Um, and knowing that the the national jury is not reading your screenplay, right. they're going to be looking at a synopsis. They want to know that um, you have a, 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 a visual landscape for this film, but also that there's clear story arcs and character arcs. So they'll look at a synopsis to make sure that those are in place in terms of structure, but they also want to know about your vision. And sometimes people will do, um, they'll cut in past short films, so right. you can cut away to that if your short film reflects the style and tone and right. production value of the feature you're going to make. Right. If it doesn't, or you don't have that past work that you can showcase in that way, I would always recommend to just use a, a, a lookbook in that pitch video. Mm-hmm. Here's what it's going to look like. You can be cutting in pictures of stills or other movies um, or footage that you have. Maybe I'm not sure yeah. how you did it. Yeah, well, this is getting more and more popular and actually uh, a recommendation from Robert Cuffley who came on board as our executive producer. Um, 
suggested for for us just in general not for this project but uh something that he'd been doing is is yeah creating his own lookbook videos using animatics or uh his own voiceover or even hiring actors to do read some of the lines of the script and um so something so you can do that any way you want um but the, the way i did it was i i grabbed films that i felt were good inspiration um, you know, frames or, or scenes um, just to provide an, a, a suggestion of what the film in an ideal world is going to look like. Um, some of the angles we're going to use, some of, uh, you know, the character positioning. And, um, and then on top of that, uh, I had my voice just talking about, you know, my vision for uh, how the film is going to turn out. And so we're going to start making that on Monday. So we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> but um, yeah, what else? I think that's, on? I mean, I think a lookbook video is good practice, whether you're applying to to a grant or not i mean it's, absolutely yeah like, basically there really shouldn't be much of a difference in applying for a grant except for a cover letter because mm-hmm. you should have a budget already you should have totally. a financing structure yeah. you should have a lookbook video you should well maybe a pitch video not mm-hmm. but these are all things that are important in, in communicating and, and not only to others but at least creating a vision for yourself right it forces you to kind of do that homework yeah, and, and it, think those thoughts a grant is a great reason to do that but yeah uh, but man is a good it's good work for yourself yeah. as an artist to, yeah. to think that way yeah how was it coming up with the the marketing strategy right well i've got a bit of an edge because i have a background in marketing um i spent a couple of years as a communication strategist for a, a marketing company in calgary and um that helped a lot um but what was a bit of a challenge for me was firstly not having done marketing for a film before it was mostly real estate that i did before um but an important kind of line that if you weren't really reading carefully you might have missed was that the marketing needs to reflect the film so it's not just like okay we're going to put up some facebook ads which is a great idea by the way um but it's like how are you like who is your audience and how are you going to reach exactly that audience so it was about finding and target audience finding user groups and identifying who's going to actually identify with this movie so Mm -hmm. we're kind of uh coen brothers no country for old men ask okay who was the audience for that film what what did their marketing look like we're also kind of like history of violence what was their marketing like who are they reaching out to but also understanding that of course our budgets aren't what theirs are so how are you going to make the most out of your marketing budget what does that look like what resources do we have at our disposal that we can kind of make the marketing feel bigger than it actually is and that that marketing plan i think was seven or eight pages yeah. of like dense text yeah. of just like this is exactly what we're going to do and i think it, well i hope it helped anyway <laughs> um yeah I'm sure it did and are, are, do you feel like you're starting to execute that plan now yeah i feel like i'm a, a little bit late on it um because you should like and we've been doing facebook and twitter and stuff but you should be kind of pulling the trigger a lot earlier we're going to camera in two days we should we should have started on it earlier but there, there's uh, the making the movie there's the, yeah, yeah also right also i need to make the movie but um Part of the compo- uh, and a critical component of this program is you have to spend a certain amount of money on a digital marketing expert. So that's something that I'm stepping in to do. And luckily, a producer, when the movie starts, doesn't have as much to do. So I'm actually finding that my workload is dwindling right now. So my marketing is ramping up. So I'll be on set doing all the social media um, and then kind of implementing the strategy that we applied to Telefilm 4 and turning it into ads and sales and all that kind of stuff moving forward so it's, it's interesting because um you know, my background's in production way back when and if you have any extra money you're putting it on screen for sure you're you're, you're going to use it in production and that's why telecom right. came out with that rule which is you're not allowed to you can't production. <laughs> you can't you yeah. can't get that extra yeah. morning of shooting it's which is be which is great marketing. because of course everyone forgets once the film's exactly. done you have to get it out there somehow too and yeah. and honestly that's where i feel the canadian film industry is weakest is marketing yeah. um i think we've forgotten that hollywood 
doesn't make movies they make products that they market and their marketing budgets are as big as their film budget sure yeah um, and we create more artistic stuff up here but um, I think we could do a lot better at marketing our, our work so yeah really forward-thinking yeah it's nice to stuff see there yeah absolutely making that decision yeah, yeah. it's cool um, I would I would say we've got a ring of people around us so if anybody wants to chime in with a question please do but I, I would start with how can CSIF help people in this room who might be interested in applying sure uh, by membership buy a membership right. <laughs> that, that's not just a sales pitch but uh, you do have to be a production level member of CSIF in good standing for I think at least three months mm -hmm. before you can apply so now's the time we have two tiers of memberships we have associate membership uh, and then uh, that's where I think everybody starts and then once you have your associate level membership then you can uh, put in some volunteer hours and uh, and then be eligible for the production membership which is not that much more expensive but it is a uh, uh, it's a membership of, of status and sort of uh, investment in back into the organization. Mm. So uh, start now, uh, and hopefully you would, uh, in three months, I'm sure we could probably <laughs> don't make the application too early, Lauren, yeah. and then we should yeah. be fine. Um, so uh, that's that. And then, um, you know, uh, CSIF is, uh, is an, an, an incubator of, of filmmaking and of storytelling. So uh, being a part of it, lifts everybody up and then you uh you can volunteer on uh somebody else's shoot and that can count as your hours towards your production oh, yeah. membership uh so I forget about that it's That's not awesome, just yeah. coming in and working a casino which happens in january by the way <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's january, january yes thank you january 12th and 13th i think man i'll leave my card here uh but we do need that um uh, so it's uh, uh, the more and more people can think of the organization as a uh, uh, as a network, as a hub, as a uh, I'm going to get cheesy as a family. That uh, everything that you do with the organization, including your your membership fee, um, helps you know Scott and Matt make a feature. I mean it's it's all connected. Um, so that would be the first step: is is make sure you uh, you have your membership, you're in good standing, and you are investing in how the organization works and and getting involved. And you know what? When you're around a lot in the office, and we're moving to a new location, so it's actually going to be like a lot more fun to come to CSIF and hang out and yes. drink coffee. Um, that's, then that's uh, public now. We can talk about. The, we can yeah. Oh, signed oh the lease. Yes, yes, new location yes. for CSIF. That's great. Yeah, just never stops. <laughs> September was supposed to be a nice quiet month. Right. Now, and I was going <laughs> to. No. You know, go to the film fest, but I don't know. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, join um, and uh, uh, volunteer, be around. And by being around, then you are, uh, you know, you're a face and you are a set of hands and you are a personality in the organization. So when your application does come through, uh, our production director and myself go, oh, yeah, Scott. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's been around. I really am going to read this, you know, carefully and then talk to his his uh, work ethic and who he is mm -hmm. as a person yeah. when the jury sits down. Yeah, it's a community and so you've got to be a part of it. You've got to be a part of it. Yeah, it takes a, a village to make a movie. And that so. is that is a great, we, we kind of touched on it earlier, but that's a great part of this, this kind of partner organization component is we often think about, well, Vancouver and Toronto are kind of the big, well, and Montreal are the big production hubs in Canada and that's where a lot of the, the juries and, and the organizations are that you're going to be applying to for larger grants. And it's tough. It's tougher being in Calgary and being in Alberta yeah. to... You don't get the FaceTime with those people. Yeah, just to not to not have that FaceTime. So the fact that we have these partner organizations is so great. It because gives those us are, an edge, yeah. It does give us, yeah. give us an edge. Mm -hmm. And 
and it's but it's equally important to go in and get to know the people that are going to be Absolutely. reading your application. Yeah, when your project was greenlighted, I was going to the uh, Independent Media Arts Alliance conference in Quebec and saw all the other representatives from all the other centers, and they're saying. <gasps> Hey, this has got from from CSIF. Yes, absolutely. So we are uh, we become your ambassadors right. as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and, yeah. uh, we do sort of as much as we can um, circulate and, and populate the conferences nationally and, and talk about what mm -hmm. is happening in CSIF. And there's really nothing more exciting than saying we're making a feature with totally. our members. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's that's what we're all about. So any, feel free to chime in if uh, yeah, Anna. Hey, uh, as far as so just for the the podcast if, if we didn't get it uh, we're wondering if uh, we're including documentaries in in a feature credit feature at, oh as a feature, feature ah as a writer director producer mm -hmm. hmm. guidelines don't have them with me right guidelines. Now. <laughs> all right all right <laughs> the answer may maybe <laughs> read the guidelines carefully <laughs> I think the guidelines are feature film, but does that count? Does a documentary count as yeah. a feature film? I've read the guidelines. Yeah, it's a bit of a gray uh, area. Okay. Okay. We can follow up. Okay, sounds good. So the short answer is if you have a really burning question, it's probably good to get in touch with, with Telefilm and ask. Yeah, you can yeah. reach out to me. Can they reach out to you? Yeah, Absolutely, because I'm the Western rep. Okay. So what happens is once uh, a film selected like um, In Plain View, mm -hmm. then... Um, I would be your contact for anything file related, process related, but you'll also have a business analyst in Telefilm that right, will be working on the business affairs and getting gotcha. you the contract and getting you money. Um, but other than that, we're really hands off. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can call me up and say, you know, what do I do in this situation? What festival do you recommend? But you know, we're there for advice. But the whole point of this is that we're 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 not overseeing. Yeah. We're just letting you free. Which is go amazing. Fly, yeah. Be yeah. Free it's a complete. miracle. Yeah, it because really is. Even in some yeah. of the larger telephone grants, there's uh, there are notes involved from telephone right on the script and there can be. Yeah. yeah. There can be. We we never. Uh, require changes. Right, it's right. usually just to say, mm -hmm. here's some, you know, third-party feedback. Right. If it resonates with you, um, or you're getting the same note over and over again, maybe it's something to look at. But in, ultimately, it's your vision, your film, um, and you execute it the way that you wow. want to. That's amazing. Yeah, a few people have asked. So, what what were the notes from Telephone? And I don't think they read the script, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, which is, <laughs> it's very strange for us. It was it, when yeah. we first got them and. Now we say, send them to your partners. We want the partners to look at right, them. Right. Um, don't send them to us because we cannot control ourselves. We will read them. Mm, so okay. Don't even send them huh. to us. Otherwise, <laughs> right. we'll just get in there. Yeah. Huh. CSAF has lots of notes for you, man. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Got it. Oh, we forgot to ask about 48 hours <laughs> yeah, for this. Yeah. The other interesting thing is when you talk about coming to Telefilm, um, trying to compile a bigger budget for a film can take years mm -hmm. and multiple tries um, like and, acquiring the financing for it yeah, yeah. raising the financing sure. getting all the pieces of the puzzle fit together and uh, I find that the micro budget program is jump-starting people's careers it would have taken four or five years right. to get that feature film wow. off the ground and now it's just Go make it. It'll yeah. be painful. Mm -hmm. It's ripping the band-aid off. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, you will have that calling card film. That's, this is exactly what's happening to us because yeah. we have another film that we're making called Synapse. It's a sci-fi feature and uh, we can't, we just can't make it smaller than it is. I mean, our budget's a million and I think we need to actually go bigger, but we've never made a feature before. 
right? So it's like it's too big to be small, too small to be big, and and it's such an easy when you're when you're in a pitch meeting, it's such an easy thing for someone to say, well, yeah, it's a cool idea, and you seem to have some cool people involved, but you've never done it before, and, and so yeah, so this is a great yeah a great kind of launch pad yeah. to it's that. Huge, yeah. It's huge, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, more questions? How long is the shoot? It is fifteen days. Um, plus maybe a half day that I'm trying to find money for if I can. <laughs> um, and it starts on Monday, October the 3rd, which is the day after tomorrow. <laughs> um, and then we take Thanksgiving weekend off and then, uh, yeah, we go right to the 22nd and then we wrapped and that's that. So it's tight. It's yeah, tight. Yeah. yeah. But part of the, part of making this is trying to minimize locations and minimize kind of everything mm -hmm. you can. And yeah fit everything into a bar yeah. <laughs> basically yeah. yeah yeah a bar is playing uh a bar and also there's an upstairs that uh will be a uh, we've already turned into a diner this morning we were doing yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah so it's a lot of elbow grease and, and everyone kind of has to wear a lot of hats to make it happen but it's been quite a journey for sure yeah yeah and sometimes the constraints make you creative like absolutely that. absolutely sure. yeah yeah always for sure yeah and 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 Honestly, th just leading up to this, we've had so many miracles that have mm -hmm. happened that, mm -hmm. that I just don't know how. But I think just the fact that a movie is getting made is a magnet for for talent and for just, for example, we're shooting at a hotel in Inglewood or in Ramsey called The Shamrock. And this hotel um, was owned by the city because they bought it and they're gonna put a C-train station in there. So it was this derelict, crappy old hotel, which is exactly what we needed in the city that no one is using that we can just have for the month. So it's like one of those things that unreal. Like it's we like, never thought we would get yeah. that kind of, so it's that kind of stuff. Like yeah. being resourceful is so important. And this one is especially true. Yeah. Which is why I think we, if this could have happened to us earlier, like it's, we're not, we're not in our twenties anymore, yeah. but we spent some time actually building a network here. And, mm -hmm. and I feel like even though I felt like we're ready for a long time, I'm realizing now that we probably weren't ready yeah, until recently yeah, to actually yeah. make this happen. Yeah, which speaks to, you know, I think we're going to make a good movie, which, Hopefully. Is, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, just in podcast land, you're not in your 40s either yet. No. So <laughs> I'll let everybody yeah. do the math. No, we're still... So. They look pretty young to me. We're in our 50s. They look pretty young to me, too. Uh, questions? More questions. I have a question. What's been the most rewarding for each of you to Ah, uh, what has been the most rewarding for for everyone at the table? Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. What's been the most rewarding part of being uh, in a part of the program? Uh, well, on behalf of CSIF, obviously, uh, having what we've recommended uh, be selected, uh, it's great for us. It's great for Calgary. It's I think it's pretty good for the two guys sitting at the table <laughs> and their team. Um, but. Uh, I mean, and personally, I, I I didn't even I wasn't even I was so new to the organization that this all happened before I even pulled my head out from underneath my desk. <laughs> um, but it just uh, it feels um, it feels good to be associated with something that is doing good. It's doing, you know, it's it, are we going to change lives? I don't know. Hopefully the movie will have an impact on, on people in some way, shape or form. But I think it's changed, uh, uh, you know, your two lives considerably. And that's exciting. And it's changed sort of the, um, the fabric of the city a little bit, uh, at least Certainly from a filmmaking hotel. and yeah. <laughs> a little bit of new life into the Shamrock yeah. Hotel. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it just feels good. And, you know, and I both I know both. Uh, Scott and, and Matt and it's just nice to see your friends do well it feels feels good to be uh, able to support that oh 
Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, you know, I was actually, I was at a CSIF event. I was at the, the summer media arts camp, which is a camp for, for, for kids. What are the ages? 13 to 17? Yeah. Youth. Yeah. Yeah. And I took that camp and I went to, I just happened to be at the office. They were doing the screening. So I sat down and and I I enjoyed some great films from these super young filmmakers. It was, they obviously fantastic work, but I I was looking at them sitting in their chairs, ready to watch the, the films that they'd made. And I was like, Oh, I was one of these kids and I counted back and I was like I did it when I was 17 years ago and so so probably around then I was like oh I want to be a filmmaker and I want to make a feature-length film one day and that was 13 years prior to that screening so uh, it's a big deal to to finally have a way to do it so um, just just to be able to, to finally do it I think that's kind of the goal if you're a filmmaker for most people not everybody but um, making your first feature film so that's mm-hmm. that's an important step Oh, I I love this program because I love Canadian storytelling. And to get 18 new voices out there from across the country, and every year when I look at the selection, the portfolio is so diverse. It is, you know, prairies, uh, it's Yellowknife, it is uh, documentary, it's horror, it's LGBT drama, it's uh, rom-com. I mean, it's all over the map. Mm -hmm. And um, there's no guidelines as to what you can tell. It's all about, do you have a vision and will it um, satisfy an audience? And I think audiences are looking for new stories. And so I really satisfied to see people get to tell the stories from their region, from their community, um, in the way that they want to do it. And hopefully, um, it will generate careers for some of them in this industry, and they'll go on to tell more and more stories. I hope so too. Yeah. Sure. Um, for me, I mean, we've been doing this podcast for about a year now, and. We interview Alberta filmmakers a lot, and um, and we always talk about how great Alberta is and how great uh, of a community we've got here. Um, but I'm seeing it in action mm-hmm. now, mm. um, and I'm and I'm really understanding. Like Luke Azevedo is is such a great example of someone that we're always like, ask Luke, ask Luke. Um, and then we're making our film, and, and Robert Cuffey's like, we should talk to Luke. And I didn't really think that we needed to. <laughs> and then we sat down with him and we walked out of the meeting. I was like, thank God we talked to Luke. Because like within the meeting, he had made two phone calls to, mm-hmm. to kind of activate these people that he knows. And so even just that is like, just kind of seeing, like having that validation, I guess, and feeling that, yeah, like this is a great community and there's so many people that are so excellent at what they do and just kind of willing to just help and, mm-hmm. and so eager to come on board and just do the best work that I've ever seen. So yeah, Calgary, you're the best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually very excited to see uh, another feature come out of Alberta. Yeah. 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 yeah that's great. Sure. Um, of course there's a, the Northlander I think is, is yes, that's is right right now, yes. which is cool too. Yeah. So the Northlander was uh, Calgary based um, Benjamin Ross Hayden. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, came through the micro program last year. And right now it's on the festival circuit and getting a lot mm-hmm. of attention, very unique vision. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Question over here. What do you mean by a feature film? Uh, sure, yeah. Is that an existential question or more of a <laughs> question? <laughs> it, it's a really good question. It is, it is yeah. It's a really good question. And what is Telefilm's definition, I guess? Is yeah, yeah, I mean, um, there's obviously length. 
it needs to be over 75 minutes. Um, but what we're looking for in feature film to differentiate it uh, from a movie of the week or a made-for-TV movie or a straight-to-VOD, we're looking for something that is oriented for a film festival or a small theatrical release. So we that's really where our focus is because that's where we're going to get the most traction to raise the profile of the filmmaker is mm. that kind of critical acclaim in that environment. So something that's aimed for broadcast or VOD, huge market for that, um, might not be um, the type of film we're looking for. We're looking for something very unique um, with vision. Um, but we're also asking to find those different platforms. So the lines are blurring. Yeah, cool. They're mm -hmm. really blurring right now. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say, um, you know, you, you for a micro budget in particular, where you have those constraints, you do have to think creatively of how am I going to tell this story with very little resources, maybe not as many shooting days as I would like. Um, uh, but to think of um, telling something that's unique telling something um, that is going to capture attention. But the definition of feature film is definitely getting murkier. For sure. Especially with digital, yeah. 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 Narrative, though? Always? I would say that we only have gotten narrative. Um, we do do documentary, mm -hmm. which, of course, is usually narrative. It kind of has to be if you're doing a feature-length documentary right. as well. Haven't seen an Nothing experimental. Nothing like no kind of like long. Um, I don't see why not. Right. Hmm. I really don't see okay. why not. Yeah. Um, we've done Kona Line, which is uh, Nettie Wilde's um, next feature along those lines of the documentaries you're referencing through our theatrical documentary program. Mm. So I, I think we'd... We're pretty open to anything in terms of genre, style, st structure, as long as there is a coherent um, style and structure that's going to engage an audience, then right. we want to hear about it. Cool. That's where narrative becomes hard to define. Indeed, yeah. Because, oh, well, that was a story to me that right. I could follow, but mm -hmm. yeah. it uh, certainly may not have followed a three-act structure with climax and being and all Right. And so. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm. Hit us. I have another question. Yeah. Sure. I'll have lots of questions. <laughs> um, so, uh, what do you guys, like, should more people be applying to this? Do you think, like, yes. Like, but I don't want competition. Like, <laughs> yeah, so the, the well, question is... Well, we're no longer eligible. <laughs> the question is, should more people be applying to this? Um, and yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The bigger, the bigger picture to that is uh, if few people, if too few people apply, you run the risk of it disappearing. And mm -hmm. I've seen this uh, uh, on AFA juries in the past where, uh, you know, and I won't speak for telefilm if that's uh, a risk, but I just know in general, uh, having a, a really low turnout for applications does run the risk of somebody going, oh, I guess it's really not important. Why would we put our resources there? No one Let's really cares. Put, yeah, yeah, nobody really cares, that apathy. And the only guarantee in something like this is you're guaranteed not to get anything if you don't apply. That's the only guarantee. If you do apply, even if you may not feel like you're ready or you're not worthy, or you, you never know because nothing else may be coming along that is quite as good as what you have. And that surprise of you've been awarded is 
is so huge and so great and you don't get it unless you apply mm -hmm. so forget about the fact that you know other people are applying or not if there's more applications there and you get it how great is that feeling yeah. mm -hmm. so yes 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 and uh, yes apply absolutely sometimes partners don't put anything forward in a given year because they haven't had the demand or didn't feel that there was anything strong enough mm -hmm. that they wanted to put forward um, I, I would just echo everything Barry said and for if you go it, it is it's it's quite a lot of work to put together the package that um, we're looking at for sure. um, but it's a great uh, education and discipline to mm -hmm. put yourself through that because it makes you focus on elements that you're going to need to whether or not you're ready for this program or you're going to um, pursue it later on mm. not just the business affairs and learning that part but identifying your audience rethinking that and um, basically breaking down that script to see can i do it uh, how would i approach it and how do i convey my vision to uh, future financiers. Exactly. Yeah. The yeah. elevator pitch. I'm in an elevator, and someone asked me, "What does it, you know, what does it look like? Can I articulate that? Mm -hmm, Can mm -hmm. I present that in a certain way?" So uh, it's it's a lot of work, but uh, something that I think you'd have to go through at any point in your career. So Absolutely. why not start yeah, yeah, now? Yeah. Yeah. Development is. I used to think it was the most work, but now we're in pre-production. I, mean, I think that's the most work. Uh, yeah, but it's it's a critical part of anything. But yeah, if you yeah. apply you, you, and don't get it, you still have this mountain of, of work that you've done. And there are many other possible yeah. things you can be doing with that for other grants or, or looking at, yeah, looking at going into further development on it. So I'll um, do a quick plug for um, the Telesoptic local yeah. tv absolutely yeah um, that's another avenue for it's sure it's a great avenue mm -hmm. that really only alberta and bc have access that's to crazy, right yeah, now yeah. if you're not applying for that and you're in this room you should be applying for it so not just story high but the telesoptic yes yeah, i will add to that that the head of telesoptic came and had a meeting with us at csif earlier in the early part of the summer and said how do we get more calgary filmmakers to apply there's someone that tells you yeah <laughs> well that and our, our secret you. that we don't like to boast about is that there were not very many applications to for yeah. the micro budget program to csif sure, this sure. year yeah um which was a little bit bittersweet mm -hmm. but i mean i'm not i don't care like we're making yeah. this so <laughs> yeah i'm stoked about it but yeah i mean it's it's there and it's, it's you never know yeah you yeah. might be the only application in something yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. So definitely apply. Except for now that we're promoting it, hopefully more than one. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but it's uh, it's good. Everybody wins with with more applications. And mm -hmm. I guess to follow up, my question to you two is: Did you apply for this? And if you didn't get it, would you still have be making your film? Would you be making it later? I don't know if we'd be making it, but we wouldn't have given up. Certainly right. not. No, we would be seeking out other possibilities. Maybe we would look at what could be done on. We were. We were. I remember yeah. we were looking at Telesoptic yeah. because I think. Um, I got, I got this, I had a conversation with Dylan Pierce, who's one of my favorite humans and just something that he said was like, he's kind of, it's kind of Fava's turn. Um, uh, and so I was like, ah, oh, shit, he's maybe right. <laughs> um, and I know that's not how it works, no, but, no. Nope. <laughs> but it, it, my gut suddenly was like, oh, we're not getting this. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we were talking about telesoptic and, and how do we turn this program or project into something even smaller than mm -hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so at that moment, I was like, I'm not waiting for someone's permission to be a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but boy, does this sure help. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, just to uh, counter your feelings of maybe you weren't competing, Mm -hmm. there isn't any equity amongst um, partners. The jury just looks at the project and they're not always, they they want a a balanced portfolio in terms of region and diversity for Mm -hmm. sure. But um, you were competing with people in Calgary, and then you were competing nationally. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were chosen over other projects that came in across the country. And I feel, I feel like we should have another whole other podcast just about grants um, and the other side of the grant process that we don't. Because I know that people perceive a lot of politics and a lot of favoritism in the jury process that just doesn't exist yeah well, we, yeah at csaf we have uh, in addition to this we offer production access funds usually in the way of, of free gear rental which i mean is is great it's it like is a, yeah it's like what do we call it the other day a gift card for like a gift card yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and uh i can't tell you how difficult it is to see so few applications come through sometimes mm-hmm. and you just think what are we doing wrong so you know and i know i've always as a as an artist as an actor applied for or as a writer and you think oh there's so many people who want this who am i i'm not worthy i'm not worthy you get on the other side of the table where you actually want to give some of this away and your your mindset shifts completely mm-hmm. and you want to support something and the more you have to choose from the better everybody uh, the better everything is and, and everybody wins because eventually you know yours rises to the top and it's just it's it's just it it baffles me that there's so yes. few applications. What do we have to do? Board. Yeah. What do we have to do? So everybody sitting in this room, go home and prepare an application for <laughs> something. <laughs> Apply to take me out for dinner, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> just to get in the habit. What's the Uh, you know, it's like uh, it's, it's comparable to the microfilm budget. It's like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. We'll have to fly somewhere. And, yeah. But uh, but CSF I'm really, gift cards. I'm great yeah. company. <laughs> How do you go about finding a partner if you're outside of the Calgary area? That's a good question. So That's if you're, question. yeah, um, we chose partners that we hoped would cover anyone that could join. Um, so I don't know what the parameters are for joining CSIF or FAVA. There's also if you've been an alumni or gone through any of the programs at NSI or. Um, creative women workshops um, you can apply through those organizations so we couldn't do uh, an organization in every city (laughs) so we had to pare it down Um, but that's where I'd say talk to the closest co-op to where you live right Um, yeah I know that uh, you know there's no French language component available in Alberta. But you can apply to on-screen Manitoba for that if you're doing a French language project. Um, You can apply to FAVA uh, if you have an Aboriginal um, project, but you can also go to the Adam Beach Film Institute based in Winnipeg. There's different ways that you can get access. Cool. And a a good resource is the uh, IMAA website to the independent media arts alliance so they all of the arts organizations like csif fava uh, are members of ima so depending mm-hmm. on where you are check them out find out the nearest film cooperative artist run center contact them and if they're not a partner then uh, go back to ima ima i'm sure will be able to help you find the closest partner organization to where you are that's great yeah that's good 
You don't have to be in Calgary to be a member of CSAF, do you? No, but it it, it certainly helps. It helps, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Southern Alberta, um, I think. I mean, we have, uh, and then uh, CSIF and other uh, organizations have reciprocal uh, benefits. So if you are a member of FAVA or of AFCOOP or of uh, IFCO or LIFT or something like that, and you are in Calgary, then your membership uh, basically works here as well, I think, as long as you're at the production level. And um, so we've had uh, sister organizations, their members come to Calgary and access our space, rent gear, do all of that. And it's worked out really, really well. And, and likewise, Calgary members can go to a number of organizations across the country and access their organization and be a part of that. I don't know. I, I imagine Telefilm will have a few more restrictions around going through an organization that you're not a member of directly but we, we really uh, defer to the organizations right. and if you go on the telephone website under the micro budget program there's a list of all the organizations for each of the streams you can check them out cool awesome oh we have a question oh, here. oh two hi I think your podcast sounds very interesting, and I'd like to know how to access it. Oh, yeah, but how do I access? <laughs> you can find us online at uh, abfilmcast.ca. Yep. Uh, or, no, wait. Yes. Yeah, .ca. That's correct. And then you can just search on iTunes, Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. Yeah, or just Google Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. We're on SoundCloud as well. And we've got, oh, man, no, 40 episodes now? Yeah, I think we're like we're past yeah. forty now. Yeah, yeah. Most podcasts don't make it past three. That's the, <laughs> that's like the barrier. But we've you'll notice it. if we've almost done a year, we've missed a few. We're <laughs> going for fifty-two, yeah. but we'll get there. We stupidly were like, oh, we're going to podcast all the way through this feature too every week. <laughs> we are. And we're just so <laughs> <Yeah>. dumb. <laughs> Things uh, to do in your spare time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, two questions. Uh, two questions. Oh my God. Yes. I love this one. Good so question. what are you shooting on? And what was the biggest line item that was maybe a surprise in the budget? Um, so we're shooting on the um, Alexa XT, which is the, I think it's like the best camera that there is. How did we afford yeah, it? The best camera ever. Yeah. So this is the beauty about this program is if you can get a team of people behind you that are invested in the movie as much as you are, then they also are the ones calling in favors. Mm -hmm. So now we called in a favor to Brad Stuckel, who's our DP, and said, hey, will you help us out on this feature? And he said, yeah, for sure. And then he called in a favor to someone he knew to get this camera at a crazy discount. Um, but the line item that surprised me the most, that is the second biggest, was the Alexa. But the line item that surprised me the most was insurance. Mm. <laughs> Once I added it all up, it was like, it was definitely over $10,000. I think it was like, wow. 12 or 15 just on insurance that yeah uh, it blew my mind it blew my <laughs> mind but yes it's important i don't want to get into insurance no, here but course, uh, yeah. yeah that surprised me for sure yeah would you feel better if you broke the camera while you were shooting that's exactly right i feel like yeah something's got to go wrong yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure and eno is a part of that which eno is a part of it get, yeah nobody spends enough time on eno but you gotta you gotta have eno insurance if you want to have a release of any kind yeah yeah, it adds up quickly yeah. yep. and legal fees and, and bank fees and auditor fees and just the, the stuff that helps a movie exist in the real world um, is expensive. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, but we've had, yeah, we've had favors uh, as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, balancing it balances itself out. out. Yeah. 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 Uh, where can we see any of the films that Telefilm has funded? Where, so where can we see any films that Telefilm has funded? Someday I want that website that you can go to and see them. There, um, a lot of them are on iTunes already. Um, they usually, so far, have been doing um, 
a festival run. Um, some of them have already done broadcast. So there's not one um, place where everything goes to mm-hmm. at this point in time. They're kind of all finding their own way in terms of releases. Um, but I would I would search um, iTunes at this point. Yeah, it's tricky from a licensing perspective too because the filmmakers maintain complete control over the the rights to it. So, which is amazing. It's our, it's our job to go out and, and find a way to kind of exploit this asset to make it sound as gross as it right, can. Right. What about the NFB? Uh, there's talent emerging talent yeah. channel. Th- yes, and um, Canada screens. There, there's some uh, initiatives right now to try to amalgamate Canadian content. Uh, because I think there is a demand for it. People want to find uh, find what's happening in their own country. And right now, as you said, uh, each filmmaker is controlling how they do that. So it will be difficult to get uh, through the rights clearances from filmmakers, distributors, broadcasters, each having um, different windows and different rights. But they're definitely trying to do yeah. that. That, that leads me to a question uh, that I have for you, Scott. Oh, my God. Uh, are, are, are we using the Alberta Media Fund on this? Project? We are using yeah. the Alberta Media Fund. How, how are we doing that? Well, the Alberta Media Fund requires that you have a budget larger than $50,000. Check. Check. And that uh, I'm going to get to the, the cool part later. <laughs> right. um, so they kick in up to 29% if you're an Alberta filmmaker. So using, so we get a, let's let's say we're maxing our $250,000 budget. That means that 70000 is coming right from the Alberta government because right. it's an all spend grant. It's excellent. But they also require that you have some sort of broadcast license in place. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Telefilm is offering distribution through the NFB's Emerging Talent channel. So we went into the office there, sure that we were going to get, no, no, you've got to find a broadcaster before we can help you out. That's right. And they said, oh, yeah, no, this this will count for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay, That's great. Fantastic. So it's built in. It and is. so yeah. I'm talking yeah. to Monica Moore at Telefilm, and I'm like, she was, we were talking about um, everything, and I was talking to her about this meeting that we had with the, with the Alberta government, and she said, oh, that's aw- that's awesome. And I was like, oh, you must have built this into the program on knowing that it would trigger <laughs> these tax credits, right? And she said, oh, no, no, that's an accident. So. Wow. Yes. So I, thank you. I'm taking notes as <laughs> yeah. he speaks. Yeah. That is fantastic. And that NFB initiative is quite new, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, I it's it's very exciting. I mean, and the reason for that stipulation is we don't just want someone to to bring fifty thousand dollars to the table and suddenly we're kicking in as the government we're kicking in thirty percent of that. So, what is what makes this legitimate? What yeah, is, is going to get gonna eyes on life screen? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so Telefilm is kind of providing the answer to that for us, which is great. Not that we're not going to be searching for those distributors and broadcasters course, and getting it out there, yeah. but satisfies that and it kind of but a distributor is much more interested in being on board a film that has been made as opposed to not right exactly and true and uh will you be applying for federal tax credits yes um but it grinds this is something that i'm learning all about yeah i thought that we'd be getting more from from the canadian production fund than we are um but yes we will definitely be applying for that as well and the reality is that we're, we're kicking in some of our own money to make this happen, um, which is another kind of reason why it's been beneficial to be a little bit older and have some some of our own money to make it work. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so the Canada Film and Video Tax Credit is not going to do that much for us because it grinds against the Alberta labor. Right. So what? So the way it works is they don't count they don't count any money that comes from telefilm as your budget right. exactly they don't right. count any money that comes from the alberta government as your budget so right. suddenly our budget's tiny mm-hmm. um 
and it only counts uh, for labor too. So it's a lot of work for not much money, but it's also a good practice to be going through that yeah, and, yeah. and figuring out how that all works. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, that was super boring. Yeah, Funny. yeah, we yeah. got a real producer oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> Went down a, a dry yeah. rabbit hole. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's important information, I think, and Absolutely. I wish I'd known. Absolutely. This is part of the learning process. So. For sure. Any other questions in the room here? My mom is here. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, so I was just wondering, like, after you get the money from the film, how hands-on is Telefilm or CSAF as your partner, in this case, uh, with like yeah this was something that scared the shit out of me um, and and I've since realized is, is it's a blessing that they they they're like the best possible parents where they're like you go make your own mistakes but we're here to help if you need us mm -hmm. so there's, there's like there's not really much oversight um, which is scary which is amazing yeah from it's some, like go fly yeah. now and okay <laughs> yeah. but but yeah they've always been super great with answering questions um yeah. if we need it and we've been trying to answer or ask as few as possible maybe we should have asked some more <laughs> but we'll see <laughs> we'll see as we go through this so yeah um and the csif um uh, yeah i mean uh, is doing more promotion than than even i thought that they were and and uh you know it's it's a it's a give and take like we're we're also promoting the csif as partners in the film right um and, and pushing them wherever we can so yeah everybody wins yeah, so telefilm has it's got different departments so you can the western regional office is based in vancouver and that covers bc alberta um saskatchewan manitoba yukon northwest territories um but we also have a lot of different national departments so I work in what we call project financing, which is mostly to do with content decision making and the projects. And then we have a business affairs department that we work really closely with. Monica Moore literally sits two feet that sounds from about right. me, yeah, yeah. and we can put on me and go, "Hey, how does that work?" <laughs> Back and forth, and she's knows all things business affairs, hmm. and so she's a fantastic resource. Um, we've got two um, investment analysts in the Vancouver office, and so. Um, people that are in this program can contact me with whatever question they have and I will try to find out if there's any expertise if it's you know how do we schedule we're like whoa that's a production question right. we don't know anything mm -hmm. you're on your own but mm -hmm. um, and then we have a promotions department and they're working quite closely with um, uh, micro budget teams in the poll prom promotions component so once that film is made um, but even beforehand with the digital experts right. and trying to find um, the right partners, um, there's a lot of promotional work that they'll do to try to help position you and get your get your film discovered and noticed and the program as well. Do we need to wrap things up here? Okay. I would I would I would say then maybe tell us a little bit more about the other programs at Telefilm, just kind of an overview and, and what people should be looking at. Sure. There are there are two production programs only at Telefilm. And there's a development program which is has been um, reimagined and in its new um, existence is really for production companies that have a track record moving projects from development to production. Mm. Sometimes people confuse the eligibility requirements for that program with production and there really are no restrictions in terms of track record for production. So there's the micro budget program which we've covered I think pretty well. Mm -hmm. Then there's the regular production program 
and um, you are welcome to apply to either of those. The competition in the regular program is is staggering. It's, it's, it's staggering. Yeah. And, and that's um, because Telfilm is looking at contributing millions sometimes. Well, there's correct? two decision-making streams. Right. There's what we call regional, which is for budgets under 2.5, from so from 250, 250,000 to 2.5 million. Mm-hmm. And then there's national, which tend to be six to you know 30. Right, wow. Um, and the mandates are very different in those two streams. So the national stream is all about commercial success. They want to know that there's a director attached who mm. can to attract A-list cast, who can attract the marketplace right. so that you can have sizable distribution advances and foreign MGs and P&A commitments. It's about getting a Product, yeah. return. It's about bumps and seats. It's what we kind of rely on to meet our own success index. Okay. The regional stream has a very different mandate. It's about finding very special projects that are going to uh, have critical acclaim and help develop talent. Um, the reason the volume is so high is that you can apply as a first time, a second time, a third time. It's also where Guy Madden and Bruce McDonald play right. because they want to do lower budget films. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of trying to be everything to all people. Right. And um, there's not a lot of money there. So I'm just from the West. I am usually tracking about 120 projects a year. Oh, my God. And we just in the Western region, just in the Western region. And how far West or how far East does that go up to to Manitoba. Manitoba? Includes Manitoba. And at the end of the day, I will be able to help support eight or 10. Mm hmm. And that will be at varying budget levels and varying amounts. Um, our amounts have, uh, have fallen, and so have budgets. So I rarely see budgets over 1.5. Mm-hmm. Um, they usually range, I would say, between 6 to 1.2, 600,000 to 1.2 right. million. And we're usually in at about 25% roughly. So not a, a huge partner, which means you really have to come to the table with a lot of other partners. Mm-hmm. And that means that you've been piecing together that project. So the competition is, and the volume is really, really high. And you can only apply twice with the same project. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And and we implemented that in some other guidelines to help stem volume for two reasons. One, it's again onerous to apply and if you go through all that trouble and then you wait 10 weeks to get a decision and it's a no it can be very frustrating Um, also when we get the kind of volume like that it takes us a long time to get the decisions done and some people are waiting to be in production for sure yeah um so it's don't come until you're ready and ready in two ways one that needs to be a production-ready script. Mm-hmm. We are very, very <laughs> um, adamant that if a script's not ready, the mistakes you see in that script are going to be on screen, right. and it's not going to do you any good. It's That's not going to do the film any good. Yeah. So when someone says, I've just finished writing my first draft, I'm like, well, I'll see you in Whoops. two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's don't, do, don't bring that in. Right, right. And subsequent um, submissions, it's hard for staff and readers to read the same material over and over and over again. It 
you lose the freshness. Mm -hmm. And so you really um, want to come in when you're ready when, in terms of your creative, um, but also financially. We don't have to be last in by any means, but you have to have a solid plan. Don't come in saying it's a $5 million movie. I want X from telefilm and the rest is TBA. We'll say you're not ready. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Don't come in. Make sure you've got a plan. I'm applying. I know where all this money will hopefully come from. And if it doesn't, I might have a, a B plan in, B, my, right, right. in my back pocket. Right. So, so Telephone's interested in being the, the, the missing component more than being the kickoff component. Not necessarily. Oh, okay. we can't, I've kicked off a lot. Okay, great. Wow. Absolutely great. first in on wow. a lot of projects. But it wasn't that they had no idea where the rest of the financing was right, going to right. come. There was a plan of mm -hmm. where they were going to go. And probably people they'd been already having conversations with yeah, that are interested. You know, in applications it. are in here to, you know, Alberta Fund, or I know how much my tax credits are, and I'm looking at a private investor over here, and I've already pitched to distributors, and here's what I think I might be able to do. Right. So it's 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 um, having the pieces of the puzzle, if not in place, you know where that you might find them. So what's the first step if you don't know anything about telephone just to visit the website and kind of start educating yourself? Absolutely. Okay. Visit the website, see what program you think might be the best fit for you, and then just call us. We're really open. Sometimes right. it takes us a while to Busy, get but open you, for sure, yeah. But yeah. Um, do not hesitate. It's not a big, scary place. Right now, the Vancouver office is a little bunker in the basement of the CBC building downtown. Oh, nice. <laughs> if you're in town in Vancouver, book a meeting. Just come in person and then, um, or say, hey, Lauren, when's the next time you're going to be in Calgary? Um, and then we can book a one-on-one -on -one as well. Nice. Yeah. And what about the CSIF? Where can people go to learn more and what should they know? Well, before December 1st, <laughs> uh, CSIF.org. And that will have uh, our address. Our offices are currently in the Beltline, not very far away on uh, 12th Avenue and 2nd Street Southwest. And then we're moving to Sun Alta, so 10th Avenue and 17th Street Southwest. So still very central. The new location will be directly across from the Sun Alta so LRG station. station so perfect. so yeah, very accessible. Great space, yeah. And some good free two-hour parking all around mm -hmm, us. So. Mm -hmm. Can't tell you how important these things become, <laughs> <laughs> and that you can get your vehicle close to where you can load in gear. Oh yeah, we all have a loading bay, yeah. so you can come right into the back of the building and close the door and that load and unload, amazing, and not freeze your buns off for sure. And go upstairs and oh, don't get me started. <laughs> so and I um, heard the rumor about a casino night that you, you might be able to come <laughs> exactly to and meet everybody. Yeah, and that's uh, uh, I mean it is uh, yeah come uh, well uh, it's in January right? It's in January. Uh, we'll also be looking for some volunteers to help us with our move, and then we'll have mm -hmm. a mixer and sort of a big coming out party in uh, early mid December. So if I'm thinking of applying space. to a program where I need production membership, maybe I can help move some boxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Get your hours real quick. Yeah. Get your hours really quick and. And, um, and, you know, just earn the love of, of the CSIF staff, mm -hmm. all three of us. <laughs> so, All right. Well, thanks to the uh, Calgary International Film Festival for hosting us here. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Anything else? Yeah, of course. Well, thanks. All right. Wow. So uh, a lot of fun. A lot so, of yeah. us talking more, more, <laughs> more than more usual. More us. But, yeah. But uh, definitely some really great information from Barry. Uh, yes. And, and Lauren. And, and from Lauren, and, of yeah. course, yes. So, um, yeah, really, you know, there's a moment that happened there uh, that was, you know, the question being, you know, so you, you really have to make sure you, you understand your eligibility, I think. Yeah. Um, because 
you may qualify even if you don't think you do, um, and you may not even if you think you do. So right. you really have to, it, it, and don't be afraid to reach out. I yeah, think that's that was the big thing. That yeah. was the important thing. Is Lauren is totally available, accessible, and, yeah. and and willing to help. And it's good to get on her radar, not and, not just for micro budget, but for your career. Um, and important to remember that it's the marketing and distribution and launch plan that is one of the mm. most important things. They look at right. track record, right, and they look at that plan. Mm-hmm. So do your homework. Um, understand your audience take some time to really figure that stuff out because that's that's just as important as totally as your script and not more so to get the well and 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 like she said on the podcast there uh, they don't read the scripts right so you've got to have a, a yeah. great package around it yeah. yeah so hopefully your script is great yeah um but it's not the most important part of this application right not to say it's not the most important part of your film but Let's move on to the news you can use. The Story Hive Animation Edition is now open. Submit your pitch for a two to five minute animated short for your chance at one of 10 $10,000 production grants. Pitches are due before November 7th at 12 noon Pacific time. Um, Storyhive.com for more information on that. Mm-hmm. We've got so much news, so I, I'm just going to breeze through this a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of information, in, uh, but you can find out more about the Youth Queer Media Program at fairytalesfilmfest.com slash YQMP. And it's basically a, a, a program uh, for uh, any youth 16 to 24 years of age uh, with no previous film experience to tell their unique story uh, on queer identity. So, um yeah, you can find out more at that website, but your application to attend the program, I believe, is November 15th, 2016. So that's coming up. Another deadline coming up quick uh, is the Herland Video Production Workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, call yeah. for participants. So our most recent episode with Sandy and Jillian yeah. um, chatted about this, and the deadline's coming up quick. So Telus Optic, Local, CSIF, and Spring Street Films are presenting the Herland Video Production Workshop, which is for seven emerging women-identifying filmmakers. Uh, and giving them the opportunity to pursue their creative vision and tell a personal story with a short film. So this is a workshop that happens over many months, starting on December 3rd, um, and then um, three-day workshop in January, and then an audio workshop later in 2017, and then in February there's more workshops, and then uh, you should be complete uh, by about April 20th of next year. So it's um, a bit of a commitment, but it should be making a short film, and uh, mm-hmm. you will definitely learn a lot. Um, and it's a wonderful opportunity for uh, female identifying filmmakers. So definitely check that out at csaf.org uh, and just snoop around there, and you'll find the Herland Video Production Workshop. Luma is a digital um, quarterly, uh, uh, what would you call publication. it? Publication. Yeah. Is it an app? Uh, it's no, just it's a website, a, it's a website yeah, it's but yeah. but it's designed for like tablets and, right exactly and yeah so it's it's a cool experience so if you don't know uh about it uh you should check it out it's lumaquarterly.com and right now they're looking for submissions uh for issue number seven uh, and the submissions are due on november 22nd um and it's a, it's a cool opportunity because it's not just like write an article uh, because it's such an interactive uh, publication. You can do all kinds of things, including photo or video essays, um, interviews, um, news reflections. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking at what you were able to do for us for in plain view, the behind the scenes mm-hmm. kind of, I, I really like that, that this is an opportunity for filmmakers to create a piece of content that's designed for filmmakers. Right. Uh, but is also a film, a video in and of itself, if you want to go that route. Um, totally. So you, so you yeah. can check out lumerquarterly.com slash submissions. And uh, again, the, the, your deadline to submit is November 22nd. That was a good pitch. Oh, thanks. And it, it is it is paid too. There is a, right. there's an honorarium. Yeah, I forgot for, about that. Yeah, that stuff. So, totally. Um, yeah, check it out. It's very cool. Um, and they, they can't accept everyone, of course, because they only do about... 
yeah, five or six every pretty, quarter, pretty select, but yeah. uh, it's not to say that you can't submit again. Right. So uh, upcoming screenings, the Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers is having their members screening and directors talk. So they do this twice a year and they showcase the best of their members, latest films. This one is happening at the Theater Junction Grand. I just um, went to that venue for the first time to right. see Robert Cuffley's film, Choke Slam. Slam. And it's amazing. What a great venue. It is a great venue. I wasn't in love with the sound system. Oh, okay. So All right. Much, but it was a cool... You know, I'm thinking more like, like oh, the party area. The, right, like, like the, the whole like venue. The yeah, bar. That totally. was a nice... Yeah, totally. It's a great... Yeah, it's a great space for that kind of stuff. So this is happening on Thursday, November 10th from 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. Tickets are $10 in advance and at the door. And we have Man Cub by Sean Edwards. Omip.pip by Emmanuel Hoy. I don't know. I saw that. Yeah, that's interesting. By Emmanuel Ho. Um, Who is Riley Oaks by Ron Devitt. Writer's Block by Vincent Chan. Spikes at Her Elbow by Mohamed Zaiter. A Disappearance by Kevin Dong. Indian Giver by Trevor Solway. Stephen Hare in Passion by Jamie Stewart and Vitek Jarmula. I'm sorry. I'm butchering all of these names. I'm so sorry. (laughs) The Money Tree by Aaron Bernakovich. Um, So the whole thing is about 83 minutes. Um, and a good place to chat and hear from these directors um, on the making of their films. That's cool. I I've been in, I've so been in busy mode that I saw that on Facebook and I was like, oh, I can't go to that. And then I was like, wait, wait. I should go. Yeah. To that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think I'm going. Um, It'll be a cool thing. For yeah, sure. totally, yeah. totally. Upcoming classes and workshops. Uh, Intro to DaVinci Resolve 12. Uh, it's being taught by Kyle Whitehead. And it is part of the M Media world. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's happening Saturday, November 5th, 2016 at 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. Costs $85 plus GST. And uh, man, this is color. You know, this is the thing that, that we all kind of forget about. And what a skill to have if you can uh, if you can really oh, use yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So uh, definitely look into it. It's a, It sounds like a cool project and a really powerful um, uh, program, DaVinci Resolve. So a note here is that participants are required to bring a Mac or PC laptop preloaded with the Vinci Resolve, which is okay. Which is free now, right? It's free. Yeah. Yeah. There is a free version, which is super powerful. Yeah. Still from what I've seen. Yeah. So IATSE 212, which is the local uh, technical union, if you're new to the industry, is Mm -hmm. having um, a few workshops coming up. The first is the Generator Operator Seminar on November 5th and 6th. It is an advanced two-day course on mechanical and electrical theory on generators. They only have room for 16 participants uh it's 100 bucks and it's happening at william f waits which is uh by the new calgary film center hmm. in those offices so um check them out iatsi212.com uh for more information on that workshop and they're also putting on a standard first aid uh with cpr uh, event which is uh is it a requirement to be uh, in in iatsi is that right Yes, I believe it is. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's your opportunity. Obviously, if uh, IATSE putting it on, um, and if you're a member of IATSE, it's forty five dollars, uh, and if you're a permittee, it's fifty five dollars, and it's a two day course revolving around the Red Cross standard training for first aid and CPR, uh, and it gives you uh, something called AEDs level C certification. Ooh, that sounds fancy. <laughs> it does. Uh, each day runs from eight thirty to four thirty, and you can find out more information on iatsi two twelve dot com. Uh, this Calgary Society of Independent Filmmakers has a workshop coming up um, called Shooting with the Scarlet. So the CSIF has a red Scarlet camera, um, which you cannot rent unless you have taken this workshop. That's right. That's right. So it's uh, it's 120 bucks for members and students and 160 for non-members. Um, it's happening on November 19th. It's a full day course taught by probably the guy who knows <laughs> this camera the best, and that's Aaron Bernakovich. Certainly in the city, yeah. 
So um, definitely worth checking out, especially if you want to rent a red at a, at a great price from the CSIF. Uh, and over at Fava, there's a, the free-for-all workshop for editing. We've talked about their free-for-all workshops before. They're free, but there's a limit to the number of spots. Uh, so there's eight for this one, and it's happening on Sunday, November 20th. And uh, it's all about learning the basics of editing on Fava's Premiere Pro system. So uh, you want to check that out. And I, I don't see details on registration, but if uh, if I imagine once eight people are registered, it's locked it's up. locked up, yeah. Yeah. Um, IATSE 212 again is hosting their set etiquette and protocol course. Um, we've talked about this a lot before, but if you're new to the industry, this is the course, the one course that you are required to take before you can get on a union show. Mm. So it teaches you the basics of what being on a film set is like, um, and things that you must know before you come on a film set. Things like don't touch equipment that's not yours, um, and don't burn the location, i.e. do not disrespect the location. So, um, lots we learn there, um, IATSE212.com. Uh, this is happening on November 24th at 5 p.m. So it's about 40 bucks for everybody. I hope I haven't said this before, but I think part of this is uh, don't make eye contact with the actors. Yeah, that's a big one. Which is which sounds really bad. Like, oh, they're such divas. They can't. They can't. <laughs> but but it's actually a really good note. Just when they're acting, like just right. when they're firstly when they're acting, you don't want to catch their eyes because they shouldn't be looking at you. And then when right when they're done a take, it's it's tempting to like look at someone as they come off set, and that's when they're most vulnerable. That's when they're most like, okay, I just put that in, and what did everybody think of that? And like you know, thirty people were watching and and i hope it was good um it can be a really judgmental thing just to look at someone not intentionally but but you know when someone's in that vulnerable place so it doesn't mean never talk to or look at actors it just means when the time is right that's that's the time to do that and it could be one of those things where they need an eye line right and someone's there providing it for them and there's six people all standing around also providing an eye line now your eye line's off right Right. and your your story doesn't cut so it's even a technical thing for sure yeah uh, camera fundamentals, uh, the Blackmagic Design Pocket Cinema Camera. Uh, so Bryce M- Maruk, uh, I hope I'm saying your name right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Uh, over at uh, M Media, uh, doing a free workshop on the Blackmagic uh, Pocket Cinema Camera. So uh, it's happening Saturday, November 26th from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Really interesting camera that's been really popular with it's a lot of huge. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, we know that the the entirety of Cowtown uh, was yes, shot on yes. and one on hit that. die. All right, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So it's uh, what's interesting about that camera is that it shoots in raw video. Um, so managing that workflow is. Uh, somewhat unique so it's an important process to learn if you're using that camera certainly so what's shooting oh my god so many things (laughs) so many things beginning Um, of summer it was heartland again yeah yeah and we were we were worried in the spring that there was nothing yeah so um there was a feature film that just wrapped called in plain view um also a feature film that just wrapped called stillborn Mm -hmm. three weeks before that Mm -hmm. but what's shooting now heartland still going Mm -hmm. tin star still going yeah dead again in tombstone right now happening caution may contain nuts uh which is an interesting story that we we can't go into now but should go into again definitely they haven't been shooting for a while but they're back they're going uh going to be airing soon and damnation nbc pilot shooting in town i haven't heard much about it but I, i i do know people are working on it so uh it sounds like a big deal and of course global meltdown how do we have this much shooting at once it doesn't make sense to me truly not um yeah. and then fargo of course season three which isn't shooting but it has uh started like, right the offices are open right. and uh, they are moving forward mm-hmm. and um uh, jim gaffigan just cast in, oh in that cool show i love well. him yeah, yeah i love him too hilarious <laughs> dude so he's gonna be in calgary along with uh, ewan mcgregor yes. just being famous um and 
will run into them <laughs> accidentally. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, associate producer, uh, go public. Right. So what does this that mean? The, this is the, the CBC. Yeah, um, I see that. So we're it? under job calls firstly. Right. Uh, so this is a on air behind the scenes, whether on air or behind the scenes here, you join a team that thrives on making connections and telling the stories that are important to Canadians. Okay. So this is a, a job available, uh, at the CBC. Right. And, uh, what is it, Scott? Do you know about it? Um, yeah, they're looking for an associate producer. So they have okay. this go public investigative journalism unit. Okay. Um, and so what you would be doing is um, editorial assignments related to the gathering, writing, and presentation of program material for all of our media platforms. It makes me think of like citizen journalism. Right. Yeah, kind of. But um, like combined but with spotlight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, you should be comfortable with the demands and needs of television, radio, and online news production. Ah. Um, you need a university degree or equivalent, a minimum of two years related experience. Mm -hmm. um, you have to be experienced with oh, original wow. and investigative journalism, um, awesome. strong research and organizational skills. You got to do it all. You got to be on air and yeah, on air presence. Wow. Yeah, it's, so it's uh, probably a friggin' awesome job. It sounds cool. It's got to be a lot sounds of Sounds like fun. a lot of work. Um, um, so there's a link in the show notes. I thought, I, yeah, sorry. I, yeah. You, you, I thought you knew you no. knew certain something special about it. But no, that I, sounds like a cool gig. It's due uh, November seventh is mm -hmm. your uh, is your application deadline. So uh, before we wrap it up, let's get into some recommendations. Right. Um, the first thing that I'm going to recommend is something that I never thought I'd be saying, um, which is to try to find a mentor in your life in some capacity. So I'm not the kind of guy um, who has a mentor or at least I wasn't, um, I'm stubborn and, uh, I think I'm pretty smart. <laughs> so I'm always like, ah, I'll figure this out myself. And I, I'm, you know, do it all myself. Um, but we had two mentors, um, on in plain view. One of them was Murray Ord and the other was Robert Cuffley mm -hmm. and they saved our asses so yeah. many times. Yeah, for sure. So many times. Yeah. And like both of them, just, just having their name involved, opened doors yes. and, and yeah, yes. uh, like made things happen. Yeah. Yeah, like we, we, we have Aaron Douglas starring in this movie from Battlestar Galactica, and he would not have been in the movie if we didn't have Cuffley attached. Yeah, not a chance, yeah. Um, and that's not even the mentorship capacity. That's just an attachment, right? That's just having him on the project. Yeah. But, but the mentorship itself, like Robert read the script. I'm sure we've told the story before. Um, he said, bring me on as an, as a, as an EP. Um, and he read the script and he said, guys, I would need 30 days to make this, and I know <laughs> what I'm doing. Yeah. It's a bit of an exaggeration, but... Um, like we had to gut that thing because yeah, of that sure. note, right? Sure. And and if we tried to, to make the movie as it was before we did that, we would have we would have been fucked. Right. And that alone is something that you just cannot it's experience that you cannot have without going through it many times, right? So a note like that we could never have figured out ourselves. Um and there were so many moments like that where Murray too just coming in and saving no, the yeah, yeah. Um yeah. So uh definitely something to try, even if you don't think that you need one, um, it helps a lot. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't, uh, I'm not going to like name any names, but there, there's a certain type of filmmaker that I can think of that doesn't necessarily, uh, subscribe to that kind of thing. Scott Westby. <laughs> right. But I mean, Previously. but I mean also like I, I'm going to do it myself on like grants and school like that. That's a fine route to go, but man, you're asking for a world of pain if you, if you don't have a little bit of help uh, with people who've been there before. And, and painful learning moments that that cost money and time and are going to, yeah, it's going to cause some heartache and stuff. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to <laughs> do something much less um, substantial. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make the Netflix recommendation this week. 
um, because I, I watched an incredible documentary. Uh, it's just called Amanda Knox. If you know anything about the Amanda Knox story, uh, or if you've heard about this documentary, it's, it's been quite popular. Um, it is a hell of a watch. And what's, what's interesting for it as a filmmaker, not just like, Oh, interesting documentary. Um, well, there was some really cool stuff that they did. Like it, like it looks, they, they got insane access to her and like shot. It, it feels like they lit, like just B-roll stuff of her, like her living her life out in the, out in the street, driving her car. It looks cinematic. Like it's the most cinematic looking documentary. Like they took a lot of time and attention. Um, that's, that's so important for that. Yeah. yeah. It's very cool. And, and it, and it added to the whole idea that it was like, Oh, maybe you're not watching a documentary and, and it made it feel more real, which was interesting. But the other thing that's very interesting is, is this story has been going on for almost 10 years right. and it's, a really, really interesting look at the power of the media and the way things can be skewed. Um, and so a lot of, you know, we, I think, I think I probably recommended making a murderer. I'm sure you have. Um, yeah. and, and if you've seen that, you know, that that's, that's a fairly, I mean, I wouldn't call it unbiased, but that is a fairly down the middle documentary that makes you think, Oh, he did it. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Um, this one is a little bit more cut and dry, I think. I mean, you're expected to make some some inferences yourself, but uh, but I think there are some very obvious ones to make about the media and how mm. dangerous it can be if people are not responsible. So anyway, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, check it out on Netflix uh, right now. Okay, well, that's it. That's all. Thanks again, as always, to Briar for putting the news together oh, yes. for us. Yes. Um, if you're an Alberta filmmaker, which I am, and Matt is, then I think this, now, 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 we, we, now we can say that. <laughs> um, then this podcast is for you, but this podcast is also about you. So let us know if you've got a project coming up, something that you want to chat about, something that you want to share with the community, um, something that you've learned that you want to share. Just fire us an email. You don't have to come on if you don't want to. You can just send us a note yeah, and we can yeah. read it for you. Mm -hmm. um, happy to do that. So how can they get in touch with us, man? You can reach us at hello at abfilmcast.ca and we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. Uh, all at AB Filmcast. Uh, and of course, check us out on iTunes. Uh, you just search the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast to find that. And just hit that five-star button while you're there. Please do. We <laughs> love those five stars that keep us alive. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Yeah. Good yeah. episode. Yeah. And go, go make something. <laughs>